and welcome back to the 100% Real with Ruby podcast. Today I have Garrett back and we all know that he loves talking all things, not only women's health, but bringing up the common issues that we see with women wanting to actually tone up, get defined and lose all that, I guess we can call it stubborn fat and or I just want to turn up my belly and they just have a never ending pursuit of seeking less numbers on the scale, less food. And I brought a I brought a case study to him as well as some other client examples, just how women perpetually think that the less food they are on, the more results they are going to see. Or as soon as you mention to them, we're going on a diet break or we're going to start bringing your calories up they start to have a heart attack and they feel like they're stuck. They feel like they're stagnant. They feel like they're not gonna be making any more progress because all of a sudden they're not, they're not starving. They're not eating bird food. And it's, it's this, I don't even know where it comes from. It's like, you can tell them all the right things. They can see and feel the differences, but then they just get caught up in their own head again. And then it comes back to the scale or I need to step on the scale or I need to see the numbers going down or I actually just stepped on the scale today. I know I shouldn't have. Where is this coming from and what can we do about it? And what is it that we should actually be focusing on to really, really see results and feel the results instead of feeling like, you know, we're a slave to just, the never-ending pursuit of a smaller body and lesser numbers. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, great intro. And I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is, is a majority of, uh, I would say 98% of what you see in the media, et cetera, is a lie. Um, you know, and it was actually really funny. I'm going to, I'm going to relate this right off the bat. One of my clients, uh, Victoria, who has lost, I want to say like 120 pounds. Um, she came to me and, you know, she'd already lost that, you know, right. She, she'd already lost it, but she came to me looking to improve her skill set in the gym um, put on more tissue, get stronger, be challenged, be pushed out of her comfort zone and to continue her fat loss journey. Um, and you know, it's been, it's been quite the journey. It's been about four to five months that we've been working together. Uh, we built up her food quite substantially high and her weight fluctuated like five pounds. That's it. I mean, it, it was a five pound fluctuation up. Um, all the while we were able to um, with a, you know, few, uh, key supplementations added in, uh, she went from having acne that she would hide as much as possible with, uh, makeup and a hat and other things like that, like horrible acne, um, to, she now like, you know, comes in actually for one session in person, um, once a week and has almost no acne at all, um, uh, you know, and it's incredible and it's taken some time to kind of like learn as we were kind of, as I was pulling calories and pulling calories and pulling calories. And I just kind of kept notice, like we would get like 
two to three pounds down and then it would kind of stop. And I would, she's one of those clients that's amazing. Like she tracks what I thought she tracked everything, right? Like, so she was, uh, I use chronometer um, for my clients and I was like looking over everything and like every once in a while she would post meals. And it's really funny is like, I really relate to her because it's, she seems to have kind of grown up in a very similar household to the way I grew up. As far as like my dad was trained in French cuisine. Um, he was a chef for many, many years. And my family is, you know, my mom's side of the family is German, um, French Canadian and like Norwegian, Scandinavian. And it's, it's everything is like butter in this, butter in that, butter on this, butter on those veggies, butter in those potatoes. Let's throw some cream in those potatoes. Like anything you can do to pack more calories into food, like my family, we got you. Um, and the, what we were noticing is all of a sudden I was like, she'd always struggle to stay under her fats in general. And then I was like, I'm like, Victoria, like, are you tracking all of your fats? Like, are you sure? Because like, it just wasn't adding up. Like we had improved so many other variables as far as her health goes. And it still just wasn't like, it wasn't there. And we weren't seeing the trend. And I like, I wasn't seeing any negative health markers. I wasn't getting any sort of feedback that she was like lethargic or having any low energy as I kind of continue to pull some food out. And I'm just like, there's something just off. There's something not right. And sure enough, like all of a sudden we figured it out. And now she's over the last like four weeks, she's lost eight pounds and we're heading and trending in that right direction. Um, so I think kind of like full circle back is like, there's so much misinformation as far as like what we need to get the results that you seek. And oftentimes a lot of people need to be fed up. We need to increase your food first. You're not going to magically just blow up and become a balloon. Um, I think we need to teach people that tracking food is a tool and a skill set uh, that can be used to our advantage and can just kind of start to teach you about nutrition and what your body needs, what feels good. Because then once you start to be kind of more cognizant of what you're eating is you can kind of look at these meals, look at these foods that you're eating and you're like, how did I feel? How do I feel? Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Do I feel sluggish? Like all of these factors, right? Um, and I think I kind of accidentally lost one piece there um, as I tried to circle back, um, but yeah. It was so much that you mentioned there that I really want to pick out and relate it back to the initial intro because there is so much gold in what you said that people may not actually see how it relates to how I introduced it. So you mentioned that she wasn't really in a deficit to start with, even though you thought that she was by pulling out food. And how do you, like, well and behold, there were no negative health markers. And as soon as we actually got on top of it and pulled the food out, because she wasn't living in this chronic deficit that we thought she, that we thought she was originally in, she was able to then lose the weight. And you also mentioned, how do you actually feel with the food? Like, how do you feel after this meal? How do you feel after that meal? But if all you're focusing on is 
is this food going to make me fat? Is this food going to help with my weight loss? Is this good? Is this bad? Did I just do bad? You're not allowing yourself to actually tune into your body. You're not allowing yourself to actually, to actually tune into the process. And I will always say focusing on the process pays the biggest dividends. If you're only going to focus on the outcome, you will not reap the rewards or any dividends or any, any, anything until you get there. And how do you know that the, the price on the, let's just say that there's the, there's the outcome and there's a process on the ASX market. And how do you know that the price of the stocks didn't go down and you know, you're actually not going to lose money on the outcome in the process because you're so focused on the outcome. Who knows how long it's going to take to get there? Who knows what ups and downs you're going to go through to get there? And in that process, the, the price of it could have plummeted. There could have been friggin' a world catastrophe and the price went down because something happened in the process that threw you backwards or you've been dieting so long in that process that your metabolism is now fucked. Your hormones are now fucked. And we are going to talk about hormones and all that other stuff because he also touched on the skin stuff and something people really do not give enough credit to is how important nutrition is in impacting your hormones, how important drinking enough water is in impacting your hormones. And I put up a story on my Instagram the other day that said, what's more important for someone wanting to lose weight, for someone wanting to change their body? Is it how much you eat or is it what you eat? What should you focus on? And circling back to what media puts out there and all the misinformation, there is such a, it's either this or that. It's either black or white. It's only calorie deficit. It's only calorie quality and calories don't matter. But it's like, what do you focus on? And I was always saying, you need to make sure that you eat less. It's calorie deficit back then. Now I'm saying, no, it's actually better to focus on the quality of what you eat, but in a different way. Because if you focus on what you eat and adding things in, like adding in more veggies, adding in more water, you are going to, in effect, eat less. But if all you're focusing on is eating less, eating less, you are going to come into it with this mindset of, I am dieting, I need to, I need to lose weight. I'm not focusing on anything else except getting smaller, smaller, smaller. So I guess circling back to you, 12 week photos, these before and afters, this stuff that social media puts out there, what detriment have you seen it having on so many women and what, I guess, yeah, what problems have you seen women coming to you with, coming to other coaches with because of this perpetual, like, pushing out there of eat less, eat less, you need a diet, you need to do 1,200 calories, you need to cut out carbs. What is it doing to these women? I mean, they get to, it, it just depends, right? Like, so... <clears throat> Some women get to a point and they have a strong enough intrinsic motivator inside their head 
uh, to where they push the boundaries and the, the absolute limits and their bodies have learned to function uh, off of that small amount of calories, right? 1200 calories. Um, there are some of them out there. I've seen them, um, I've met them and they truly, when they tell you that they eat 1200 calories and they can't lose weight, they, they truly can't. They've, at that point, their metabolic adaption has reached a point where it is shut off certain things um, and everyone's physiology is going to be different. So everyone is going to experience different symptoms, whether it be dysregulated bowel. Um, so they're going to have problems with digestion, which in turn can cause the second you start having issues with digestion, it can cause hormonal backup because that is how we excrete waste products, including hormones. It's, you know, part of the way the body is supposed to function. And unfortunately that can be extremely toxic. So after, if I'm recalling this correctly, it's after 18 hours, uh, if a bowel movement has not passed, that bowel actually gets recirculated. Basically it's going to start to the body's going to like hold on to it. It's going to start recirculating those things. And then we run into um, more and more problems uh, as far as that goes. Now, there's other people who say, like you said, 12 weeks, right? So they hop on a 12-week transformation challenge. Uh, let's say they, they went in and on average, if you track their calories for an entire month, they were eating... 16 or 1800 calories. And so 1200 calories is it's gets them to lose weight. They have an incredible transformation in 12 weeks. However, what is the exit strategy? What is, what does 16 weeks look like? What does, um, what does 18 weeks look like? And better yet, what does 24 weeks look like? So what do we look like at six months? Have we maintained, was it sustainable? Um, was there an exit strategy, meaning like, were we properly fed up following that? You know, like, did we get enough food following that? Uh, so these are all going to be factors that we see that oftentimes are not properly taken care of. And in turn, it causes a lot of issues because all of a sudden they fall off plan. And let's say during that 12 weeks, like let's say they're eating a lot of nutrient dense foods, they're eating a lot of salads, they're eating a lot of protein. And then they no longer, they, they leave the gym uh, and they no longer have that accountability. They're no longer prepping their meals. And all of a sudden they're eating like higher calorically dense foods, less nutrients. And their bodies adapted to 1200 calories. And all of a sudden, let's say they're even consuming 2200 calories, but it's not a good 2200 calories. There's just a, a storm of things that is going to start to happen and cause more and more issues. And that's where like a lot of times, like, you know, these girls come in. So more often than not, like when they first come to me personally, like I feed my girls up, I push the limits of their calories as much as I possibly can. And I always ask them to give me like a grace window. I'm like, Hey, I need you to give me five pounds plus or minus. Um, I need you to give me 
a little bit of a window in order for me to make the changes that we want. And that's exactly like kind of circling back to Victoria and her situation is like, she gave me that five pound window. She trusted me and I built up her carbohydrates. I want to say to like 300 grams plus per day. And she only fluctuated up like three pounds initially. And to kind of like bring that case study back in and how like our family and friends play such a huge role in our mental state is her mom kept asking her if she was going to get diabetes from eating the amount of carbs I was feeding her. It's funny what like literally asked her if she was going to get diabetes from eating just carbs. Like this wasn't like, Hey, I'm asking you to eat a bunch of donuts and lollies and in candy and whatever. Like, it's literally like, like when I say Victoria was on top of it, like it was sweet potatoes, rice, potatoes, oatmeal, um, like all like healthy nutrient dense foods full of good vitamins and nutrients that yes, they happen to have carbohydrates in them. But the thought process behind it was basically that she was magically going to get diabetes from eating real food. This is, really highlighting exactly what media puts out there but it's it it depends who you follow as well and a lot of the trends out there are slamming fats they're slamming not slamming fats slamming carbs slamming sugars slamming all of like what we see on media we don't even question because we as women are in such a desperate state to just lose this fat, to just get smaller, that we're willing to believe anything that's fed to us. So we give it a go. We, we may fail, we may struggle, we may, because we're not, we're just chasing this external thing instead of looking internally and actually doing it the right way. We're not giving ourselves grace. We're not actually putting, like following a plan. We're just following advice that is so extreme. And then we lose faith in ourselves, and we put the weight back on. And then we see another one. We grab it. And it's saying, don't have any carbs or add butter to this. And then you start putting on weight because, like Garrett said, you're adding a lot more calories and fats to your meals without even realizing because calories don't count, remember. You just need to add this in and you're going to lose weight. And then you realize that's not working lose faith in yourself again and you just, you just and then you just revert to okay i'm just going to keep eating less and less and less because less is going to get me more results and then there is also the case of you tried something it worked and then it worked it worked it worked until it didn't work and then you lose yourself for a few months maybe a couple of years and then you realize oh no i don't like where i am right now maybe i should try that diet again because it worked. No, the fuck it didn't. It did not work because if it worked, you would keep doing it. You need to find something that actually fits into your lifestyle. You need to actually find something that you can make part of your lifestyle. That's easy to fit as part of your lifestyle. Like, okay, I'm going to take back the easy. Nothing is ever easy at first. You need to work at it and you need to take the small steps. Now, Garrett said, what is the exit strategy? What is the exit strategy? 
That's the thing. No one ever thinks about the exit strategy because it's not giving you immediate gratification. And the brain can't comprehend anything that's unknown. It fears it. It has resistance. And this is a big theme about everything that I'll be doing soon on self-sabotage and resistance and fear. But that is a big part of everything because we're so used to self-sabotaging ourselves because of this perpetual cycle we got ourselves in. I really want to ask you now, what is the actual importance of fueling the body? It's like we try all these different things, but have you actually tried thinking about fueling your body, fueling your lifestyle, fueling your activity? Why is it so important to give the body enough food for a long enough time? And where do hormones come into this? Where does the thyroid come into this? And where does gut health come into this? Yeah. I mean, to keep it like relatively simple, right, is we have to look at it and think of it in a way of when you're fueling your body, when you're giving your body enough nutrients, enough fuel to perform, um, everything is going to function optimally. And that means everything from your hormones to your thyroid to your digestion. Now, obviously there's medical conditions, there's thyroid disorders, there's these things can happen. Um, however, a lot of what we are seeing that is becoming more and more and more prevalent, more and more common is exactly that. Like, uh, disorders and disease that are caused by lack of eating enough food, uh, lack of nutrients in order to run all these appropriate pathways. We have to start looking at it as, okay, as long as I'm, if I'm eating enough food, I should be able to sleep well, I should be able to poop well, I should be, have a strong libido uh, and my hormones and my thyroid will function optimally. And in turn, these, you know, if we're fueling our, but everything needs fuel, right? So everything from our workouts to blinking, twitching, walking, it, it all needs fuel. And there is something to be said about, yes, do we sit at a desk more often than not? Yes, but that's also, we need to talk about people who work from a desk a lot is get up and move. Like, I don't care if it's even three 10 minute walks a day. If it's three 10 minute walks plus five minutes of like kettlebell windmills and, you know, some jump rope, like do something to move your body. And you would be amazed at how much better you feel as, and the last one is like top three, right? Move, uh, get up from your desk and then sunlight is like, get outside and get sunlight in, get natural vitamin D, get those sunlight uh, to the back of your retinas. It's something that I drill into my clients all the time is the importance of that. And it's always, it's always funny. It's like some people will get it and they'll send me direct messages of like, oh my God, I feel so much better. Like I'm sleeping better. I'm waking up feeling more refreshed, blah, 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 blah. Um, some people don't, and you'll just kind of see it in blips in their check-ins. Like all of a sudden they'll be like, yeah, like my mood is really a lot better. And I've been really nailing my walks. And, and I'm like, yeah, huh, weird. You know, it's like the, those walks there. It's 
that's not to say that walks replace cardio, right? It's not to say that walks can replace cardio uh, because we do need strong cardiovascular health. We need a strong heart uh, and we need to kind of push those limits, but it can play a huge role in um, optimal function uh, for sure. I want to highlight that bit. Walking is not cardio. Never, never put walking and cardio in the same thing. Cardio is short for cardiovascular training. If walking does not, well, I guess if you are, if you are starting off at a really poor- If you're very overweight, now, yeah, there's a caveat. If you're very overweight, like I once was, believe me, going for a walk is cardio. I was listening to someone saying that walking used to jack their heart rate up to 140. Now that is cardio because your heart rate is staying elevated for a long period of time. And you'll adapt to that. You will actually start to find that less and less strenuous. So you can make it harder by getting on a treadmill and putting it on an incline or getting on a bike and like putting up the resistance. Like, well, I guess that's a bike. That's not walking. So I take that back. We're talking about walking. You need to, I always say, and I know that the numbers around eight eight thousand, but I always say aim for ten thousand steps because yep. walking is massively underrated. If you can aim for twelve thousand, ten to twelve thousand is my thing because the more you walk, the more you're increasing your sensitivity to glucose, the more that you're increasing your insulin sensitivity, the more that you're increasing your cognitive function, your focus, the more that you're actually focusing on you in this busy world. And people just do not move enough these days. They're too busy with the kids. Like walking can actually make you close with your family. Get the family involved. Like it doesn't just have to be a solo activity. It doesn't have to be just on a treadmill. It doesn't just have to be around your neighborhood. It can be anywhere, anytime. It doesn't have to be without music. You can put music on, you can put an audio book on. Like it gives you time to yourself and people don't spend enough time with themselves. And, and it's a game changer for like my moms, you know, it's, it's one of the, you know, I coach moms and it is a game changer for them because it's not only going to improve their health and their circadian rhythm, but getting kids outside and getting them sunlight, getting sunlight to the back of their retinas and all that stuff just helps their circadian rhythm, helps their internal clots regulate and understand, okay, it's time for bed. Um, it's huge. I can't stress the importance of circadian rhythm enough. And I really want to bring that back to the food as well. Keeping a regular food schedule, keeping a regular everything regulates your body so much more because there is a circadian clock in every cell of your body. And the more routine you have in your life, the better. And non-negotiables are the most important thing. And I really want to bring this back to the whole topic of you need to focus on doubling down on the process and be willing to invest in eating more food because like what exactly happens when we don't eat enough while we're living in a high stress lifestyle and most people do not eat enough freaking protein. And you know, my thing is everyone says, eat your fucking vegetables. I say, eat your goddamn protein. Like people do not eat enough protein. If anything, take your protein even higher because protein is essential for metabolism. It's essential for hair, skin, nails, like you mentioned, acne. It is essential for every single thing in life, including your cognition, including bloody just living and actually seeing 
fat loss results, seeing your body tone up, shape up. Protein is what does that, but so do veggies because you need the nutrients. And without protein, without veggies, your gut health is going to go down the window. Your brain health is going to go down the window. Your fat loss results, they ain't going to happen. But what exact, like, why do we need to eat enough and make sure that a lot of that is quality protein and quality veggies? Because when you don't, when you don't eat enough, when when you're not eating enough, exactly kind of uh, what I touched on earlier and like made a point is your, everyone's physiology is different is your body's just going to start shutting things down, whether it's down-regulating your thyroid function, whether it's down-regulating your digestive function, your libido, uh, your, all of it. it. It's, it just, it starts to kind of go in and it's like, well, how do we function? How do we walk, breathe, sleep, get work done, you know, play with the kids, all these things, right? Something has in, in, it's something's got to go first. So if we're not getting enough fuel, it's just going to start lopping things off kind of in a, in a sense, uh, as far as it's not going to give you the, you're, you're just not going to be running optimally. You're not going to have the proper function. And it's because your body's number one priority is survival is to keep you alive. And so it just makes judgment calls if you're not giving it enough fuel as to what's the highest priorities. Yeah. And I guess some women like to kind of deny it by saying, oh, but I have plenty of energy to do this. Oh, but I'm running around like this person. I'm playing tennis on this day. I'm, I'm running around the kids with this day. I'm taking the kids to this sport, this sport. I have enough energy for everything. And they're not really eating much. They're, they don't want to eat much. They want to eat less food. Oh, but then they might have a donut one day. Not count it, but still not want to bring up their food. But the thing is, they're saying they're not losing weight. They're stuck. They're plateaued. Well, yeah your systems aren't working functionally anymore. You're not giving them what they need. And we mentioned this a million times in this podcast. You need the essential vitamins and minerals to have your systems working, to have your digestion, your gut health, to have your metabolism, your thyroid, to have your sex hormones, to have your fat burning hormones, to have all of this stuff working. Your fat burning system does not work without protein, does not work without magnesium, without actual bloody like your thyroid actually sending thyroid hormone sending all of this stuff in your body to actually kickstart stuff because your thyroid is in charge of so many different things it act like your body needs thyroid to kickstart a lot of processes your body needs adrenaline but it also needs adrenaline to come down because if you're in a constant state of adrenaline you're not eating enough protein you're not giving your body enough fuel then you're going to start to burn muscle. Then your systems are going to shut down because it's trying to survive. And like, I bet you can actually confirm this. Most women are living in a high stress state. They're living yeah. in a state of always wanting to do more. Triple A personality. 
oh, but if I'm not making any progress, if I'm not seeing massive results, I'm stuck. I'm going backwards. If I'm not losing weight, if I'm not losing numbers on the scale, if I'm not, if I'm not actively chasing fat loss, I'm failure. I'm not making any progress because I'm not losing weight. But then the biggest thing of all, there are some women that still cannot commit to lifting weights. It's so foreign to them. All they want to do is just eat less food, do more cardio. Can't be fucked for cardio. I just want to eat less food. Life is too busy. Oh, but I can't let all of this food go to waste in the house. I mean, it's it's not good for me, but I can't just throw it out. That is something I see a lot of the time, and I'm probably sure that you do as well. And it's it's like this perpetual cycle of you do not have clarity in seeing why don't you just eat the right foods, move in the right direction, feed your body what it needs, and stop living in a deprivation, dieting mindset. Because then that's when all of these thoughts come up. So and the cool thing is is the cool thing is is when you build up food, right? When you've built up food and your body starts to function optimally right so hormones start to regulate because like your body doesn't forget like if you start to give it the nutrients that it needs uh it doesn't forget and all of a sudden you will start to notice probably fat loss maybe the scale probably not maybe the the scale probably isn't going to move right away right um but if you coincide strength training with eating enough food is you're going to start to notice your energy levels better, your libidos better. You're going to uh, enjoy training more because it's not going to be so hard. You're not going to be as sore. Uh, you're going to sleep better. And in turn, like rather than looking at a donut and you gain 10 pounds from just looking at it, is you can actually enjoy that donut. It can be a part of your day but then it's like the next meal you're having a high quality protein source you're having some vegetables you're having a carbohydrate source like you're having all these things and enjoying them and you're not gaining weight and you don't have to be afraid of having that donut or that cookie or that chocolate or that ice cream or that popcorn whatever it may be that you enjoy this is a part I do want to actually emphasize it is a process. You can't yeah. expect to be able to be in this state that Garrett's saying within a few months, sometimes even within a year, because your body, if you've been living this perpetual lifestyle for years, for months, for years, you're going to have to build up to that. And sometimes you're not going to be ready and that's okay. It doesn't mean you have to give up because he made a very good point. So many people are just living on the whole, oh, YOLO, okay, back to dieting mode. Oh, YOLO, oh, it's holiday season. Oh, it's national donut season. And you're going to keep doing this cycle instead of just realizing you can eat that food. Maybe not yet. Maybe you need to actually give yourself some patience through the process. And then, yes, you can eat it. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast actually today and it was... now, granted, this was a circumstance in a, a gentleman who was 600 pounds, right? Uh, he's lost 470 pounds, 470, yeah, 470, something like that, 370. He's lost a lot of weight. Um, and it's, you know, is, is people, when you start a journey, when you start a health and fitness journey, 
there's going to be a lot of people in your life that are going to negatively react. They are going to make comments like, you can take it easy. Uh, you don't have to do that. And the problem is, is what people don't realize is, especially like for me back home, like, so I moved to Arizona, I moved 1200 miles away from home. And so for me being back home is living where I grew up, etc. all that, like it, it was so easy to be around this family member or that family member or this event or that event. And before you know it, these events and reasons to go off plan are there every other day, every other weekend. It's someone's birthday. It's someone's graduation. It's someone's this, that, and the other thing, right? And look, you owe no one anything. You don't owe anyone a bite of their cake, a bite of that cookie, a bite of that pizza, whatever it may be, because you're at this event. And when you choose your health and your family's health, because like when I think of family, you know, I someday want to be married and have kids. Like that's my number one priority, my wife and my kids, period. Not my dad, not my sister, not my aunt, not my great aunt. Like I love them, but like their feelings around my food choices, I don't need to support their feelings. I can choose to follow and execute my plan for the betterment of my health, my longevity over the course of my life. And if that hurts their feelings, then that's on them. That's their problem, not my problem. And it goes to the same for any of my clients. Like you owe no one nothing. You don't have to take a, a bite of your sister-in-law's favorite casserole that she loves making if it's not going to fit into your day for that day. Or you can choose to have a very small, or you can make that choice and be like, hey, I'm going to have a very small serving because this is something I really enjoy and I want it to be a part of my day. But you don't necessarily have to go back for seconds to feel obligated. And it's not going to make you any less a part of that person's like event. Like just your presence should be enough. It kind of goes the same way as like I recently, so I got an aura ring six months ago, started subtracting some data and I was talking with my chiropractor, my doctor who has, was one of the founding members, like uh, doctors who was asked to help test whoop. Um, and he's been tracking his sleep for six years. And we've kind of both come to the same conclusion is I no longer participate in casual drinks, meaning one to two at dinner. Like I've seen what it does to my sleep and it's not worth it to me. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything in life. I don't feel that just because I choose to not have one or two cocktails as much as like I'm a former bartender. I'm a former mixologist. I love cocktails. I love the taste of them. I love the experience of going out for cocktails. It's really fun. But at this point in my life, it does not coincide with where I'm headed with my goals, my dreams, my aspirations, and or my health and longevity. 
Now, that's not to say that I'm never going to drink. It's just going to be like when I choose to drink the one out of like maybe four times per year that I choose to drink, it's going to be a situation where like I'm probably going to have five, six or maybe seven cocktails, depending on how many hours I'm drinking or what the situation is, because like I know what it does as far as the impact on my overall health and like well-being and like what's going on with my sleep. I just don't like I've made I've kind of just come to that conclusion like casual drinks just isn't going to be for me anymore. One or two just doesn't it's just no point. I like people don't give themselves enough time to stop and reflect to ask how is this actually serving me? Because you develop a habit of oh I always have this or my identity is this person or my friends do this. I need to do this with them. Do you really need to like is it is it taking you any closer to who you need to be and it's not an easy cycle to break and my goodness they're like i didn't realize how many people actually just go for that wine or go for that beer and it's just this crux and it's like but why are you grabbing it what can you replace it with what is it doing for you and how is it impacting your future choices how often are you doing it in a week? Do you really need three every single day? Why not save it just for the weekend and allow yourself that? And oh my God, this is the best thing to highlight towards as well. I think I might make this a highlight. Okay, this time. But, but if you are constantly living in a dieting mindset, if you are constantly living in the mindset of deficiency, of deprivation, those wines every night are so much more attractive. The cake that your friend has, you're not going to stop at one slice. The biscuits on the table at work, you're going to always want them because you're in a deprivation mindset. You don't actually realize how abundant your own food is, how you have all of these choices and you can always have these things. It's, it's like what I always say with Easter and with Christmas. What's so special about Easter chocolate that makes you want to eat the whole freaking schmozzle that you got gifted for Easter that day? Walk to Woolworths. Walk to whatever grocery store you go to. You don't even have to go to the chocolate aisle. You walk in and there's chocolate everywhere in the first slice shelves because it's $1 a bar. You can grab one, walk in, even at the checkout, oh, I didn't buy any chocolate. Oh, look, I can grab a chocolate, grab a chocolate. There's chocolate all year. It's not just for Easter. There, it really isn't. And same with hot cross buns these days. I saw hot cross buns on the shelf the other day. And it's friggin' August, September, August. Like, it is always going to be there. It is not a one-time thing. That cake is always going to be there. If it was a homemade cake and you really want to have it, cool get a slice but if you're living in a i just want to lose weight or i fucked up mentality that isn't going to end well and it all comes down to your mindset of the way that you actually approach the whole situation now i really wanted to bring context to the way women feel about eating carbs or eating more and i struggled with that too like i was scared of oh but if i eat more the weight's gonna go up or if i eat more what if I get fat? I don't want to get fat. I'm trying to lose weight here. I don't want to get fat. 
I'm trying to look better here. I'm trying to look lean and jacked and actually look like, look like I want to look what I want to look like. I don't want to eat more food and then have to lose it again. Or I don't want to eat more food and then gain more weight. And then what if I can't lose it again? I just thought of that too. Like women have a fear of, I struggled so much to lose this weight in the first place. This thought just came to me. Isn't that like, isn't it true? Like when women come to us or come or approach any diet after failing so many times, even though failure isn't bad, it's teaching you, okay, try a different approach. But if you're so used to struggling with losing weight, struggling with any approach, and then you're faced with not dieting right now, not doing, not actually moving the needle right now, you're going to freak the fuck out because what if I fail again? What if I struggle again? What if I can't lose it this time? What if I put on too much weight? And guess what? If I add another 50 grams of carbs to my diet for the next couple of days, the scale weight's going to go up. Why? Because one, extra food. Two, carbs are carbohydrates. They carry water, hydrate. Like, I'm going to put on water weight with that too. Like, I increased my carbs the other day and my weight is now like 500 grams up. Like, that shit happens. But as soon as someone steps on the scale and all of a sudden it's not moving or it goes up, fuck, I'm not going to eat today. I'm going to cut out this. I'm hungry. Oh, those biscuits at work look so good. You'll either go through this cycle, not touch those biscuits, and then binge later on or go through this cycle, touch those biscuits, go through this cycle, touch those biscuits. Like you need to actually give yourself grace and set yourself up for success. Set yourself up for the long process. The process is where magic happens. I want to end this with you really honing home why it's so important going into all the aspects that you can possibly mention on why it is so important to commit to the long term and actually go through these phases and not live your life dieting, but to live your life eating enough to fuel your lifestyle, maybe plus a little bit more and then plus a little bit less. And yes, plus a little bit less because we're not thinking deprivation. We're thinking around a range of actually fueling your lifestyle, which is moving like this. And it allows for that, little that little weekend thing date night but it's fitting into your plan why is it so important to actually focus on living most of our life that way and then only spending a little time actually losing the weight for optimal function like optimal function of your whole entire system as a whole right is so much of today's disease is preventable if you simply get enough sleep see enough sunlight, uh, eat enough food, drink enough water, uh, and have a fulfilling life, right? You know, so uh, surrounding yourself with family, friends, camaraderie, um, all the above. And it's, it's just so it makes life so much better when you're eating enough. And what you know, to quote Luke, our mutual mentor is, you know, what gets measured gets managed. And it's not a life sentence. You don't have to measure forever. Uh, if you choose to do so, you can. But, 
you know, a lot of people oftentimes if going about it is they start to track their calories, they get themselves up to maintenance calories. Okay, cool. Now, as long as your health is in a good standpoint, right? Now we can begin to progress into a cut. You've reached, let's say, you know, it's a, let's say it's a small amount of fat that you need to lose to, to hit your goal, to feel good in your own skin. And you, you progress into that cut and then you have the exit strategy out. And so now you've come back to maintenance calories. You've comfortably tracked at maintenance calories for say three months. And eventually you start to kind of notice patterns and habits and rituals and you enjoy nights out and you do this and that throughout those three months. And before you know it, you've kind of created a ritual of like what you tend to eat every day, what you know you're going to be eating on the weekends. And before you know it, like you've built yourself a lifestyle where you're not feeling constantly deprived. You enjoy that glass of wine for date night. You enjoy that donut or French toast on Sunday brunch. And then in turn, you maintain a weight you're happy with, you look in the mirror, you enjoy it, you sleep better, you have better libido. And before you know it, like all of a sudden you can go more towards like that, you know, intuitive approach uh, to eating and you don't have to stress anymore because you've built an education. Like let's look at tracking and measuring as a education tool. You're teaching yourself a skill set that will serve you for the rest of your life. This is why structure is so important too. Like I've been doing this for, I've actually been tracking my food since I was 17 and I still track my food to the ground. Like it's something that I will always do. It's, it's not some, like I, like you said, what gets measured gets managed. But to me, life is so unpredictable. There is so much out there that we cannot control. Who knows what the hell is going to go on? Like things happen one day, work, clients, business, like all this stuff is everywhere. Who knows what I'm going to get overwhelmed with next? Who knows when I need to actually take the back pedal again, because I realize that I'm getting overwhelmed and then need to chill. Like who knows what's going on? where I find that having control in two aspects of my life, making sure that my food is regimented, making sure that my training is regimented, I'm free. I have freedom. To me, that is living life because I don't need to worry about all that other stuff. I don't need to stress about what I'm eating like most people do. It's all there. But like Garrett said, you learn through this process. So you will also know okay, so I'm meant to have, I'm meant to have eggs on toast for this meal, just pulling something that's easy. I don't feel like eggs today. I don't feel like toast today. What can I swap it with? Hmm, toast, rice cakes, potato, eggs. Hmm, that's fats, that's protein. I can go with cheese, mozzarella. I can go with some cottage cheese with some added seeds. I can go with some tuna with some added, added, any type like avocado. You can like, you can pick something close, even though avocado does come with some carbs. Hey, there's toast. You can just have, you can like fit it. It doesn't like, it doesn't need to be so strict. And you'll realize that over the process of gaining trust in yourself. So I guess. I think that's the biggest, uh, I'd like to say, say on that is 
you know, kind of to, it's funny is there's an author here in the States that a lot of people is um, familiar with and it's Jocko Wilnick and, you know, his book, Discipline Equals Freedom. And it, it, it truly is discipline equals freedom. And, you know, one of the most incredible things you can do for yourself uh, is tracking food. And what you said is like, it is you, in the long run, it ends up allowing you freedom. It allows you peace of mind because you just have a general idea of like what's going on, what's going into your body. So, you know, discipline equals freedom, discipline equals self-care. Discipline is so like it's harped on about in such a negative way, but it is probably the most enlightening thing that you can do for yourself because we lack so much discipline in our lives and so much like, we think we are, but we're not. And that's why we feel so overwhelmed. We don't have that structure. I guess I want to actually end this on the whole discipline equals freedom thing. If you could give three pointers or three anything around discipline, around consistency, around focusing on the process, what would it be? So being the conversation we just had, number one, find maintenance calories, go there and stay there for three to six months. Uh, you'd be amazed at how incredible your body can feel. Uh, number two, eat in a relaxed state, chew your food, make meal times a non-negotiable um, I don't care what you do for work. Uh, I've trained everything from high level CEOs to busy moms. It can be done. And if you think that you have special circumstances, you don't. There's another person out there that is truly busier than you. Stop making excuses. Uh, number three would be start one habit. Start one thing that you want to do for yourself, whether it be brushing your teeth every day, whether it be, it, it can be as small as just tracking your breakfast every day. Maybe, maybe that's where you start. You, you start tracking your breakfast and you become more cognizant of what you're eating in the morning and fueling your body with is, and let that compound on itself. The more if you can follow one thing or read 10 pages a day, you would be amazed at if you just continue to make that progress is if you add in one thing that you do every single day, it's a non-negotiable, whether it be brush your teeth, whether it be read 10 pages, uh, you know, which Andy Frisella 75 hard, like that's kind of his thing, but it's just kind of like in the back of my mind, like when you actually start building trust with yourself, you'd be amazed at what can, what can happen. When you develop confidence in yourself, when you build trust in yourself, the world is your oyster. Such a yep. powerful note to end on. So I guess that is the end of this amazing podcast. And I hope you got some gems from it. There were some pretty important things that you can link together from like the beginning to the end and really see how important it is to stop focusing so much on just chasing the scale weight, chasing eating less, 
trying to do more, 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 and actually see all these other things that are so much more important to focus on. Where Garrett mentioned sleeping, he mentioned digestion, he mentioned actually feeling good in your skin, actually understanding how you feel with each meal, actually enjoying a wine with your husband, a wine with your wife, a wine with your, a wine with your family. Like it's that one. It's not constantly having wines every single night because then it's not going to be something that is as enjoyable because if you have it all the time, it's not something you can truly be like, I feel good and relaxed. So develop confidence in yourself, build trust with yourself, be okay with being at maintenance, be okay with not always seeing the scale go down, be okay with not chasing fat loss because a lot of the time the scale ain't going to move. A lot of the time the scale's going to go up, but you feel better. You actually look better. Your body is actually shaping up more. You're losing the stress and inflammation. You're losing a lot of negative things that are happening in your body and you're gaining a lot more. You're gaining mental, physical, and physiological, aka health, back. So I guess that summarizes everything that you're all about. You'll find him at intentional strength. And because intention is the hallmark of everything, do what you do. Everything. Train with intent. I mean, there's just no point. Like if you're coming here, if you're coming to a gym and that's kind of just obviously the biggest thing, what stuck out to me is uh, that word was brought up to me actually quite frequently um, by someone near and dear to me uh, in the first year that I actually lived in Arizona. And that's kind of how the name came about. And it, 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 as the, as that word kept getting brought up, it just kind of kept reminding me like how I trained and it's always in with the purpose of training with intent, not to just go through the motions, not to just lift for 10 reps. Like it's training with intent, training with purpose and understanding that there's a very big difference between walking in and working out and training with intent. Live life with intent. Yep. I love it. So thank you for coming on. I will put Garrett's Instagram below. And he actually, please watch the stories that he posts because he shows women lifting heavy ass weight and they do not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Women, lift your goddamn weights, eat your goddamn food, and be happy. Love life. And I will see you all next time. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Ruby.